is the Ed Tech Superheroes Podcast. Here's your host, Pete Delaney. Hello, superheroes. This is the Ed Tech Superhero Podcast, where we turn every teacher into an Ed Tech superhero. My name is Pete Delaney, and I want to talk a little bit about this whole e-learning thing during the coronavirus. We've been uh, inundated with calls and emails and even text messages from some of the schools that we work with about different ways that we can use e-learning. I think originally, at least here in the state of Illinois, e-learning was intended to be a short-term solution to remote classrooms. So if here in Chicago, we had a day that was negative 20 degrees, we could very quickly and easily enact an emergency action plan where we say, okay, for the next two days, sign on to your Chromebook, iPad, laptop, what have you, and run the classroom from there and have the students participate in the classroom from there. And for a couple of days, that makes sense. It, it makes sense to, to teachers and to students. Okay, it's almost like doing a sub-plan. If the teacher has to miss class for a couple of days or is sick, how would you enact some kind of an emergency action plan for your classroom to keep kids active and learning, even though it's not under the ideal circumstances? Well, this coronavirus thing has really got people spooked because now it's not just e-learning, it's extended e-learning. And extended e-learning is way different because you have to plan out several weeks of instruction and thought and what we're going to do for class. And so what I thought we would do in this podcast, in this episode, is take a a quick look at what are some of the things to consider when we're putting together an e-learning lesson Let's make sure we have the basics down. And then in the next episode, we'll show you how to transform that into extended e-learning where students are working remotely for more than just a couple days at a time. So the first question I've been getting asked is, Pete, how do I record myself? And I think that's a great question because during this time of uncertainty and for a lot of people fear, I think it's important to recognize the role that we, we play as educators. I think it's important to recognize the power that we have um, with kids as they're looking to us for guidance and how to process a situation. They'll, they'll take a look around and, and they get it. They'll, they'll say, are my parents scared or are they calm? Is my teacher scared? right? Is he calm or is she calm? And so I think anything that you can do in this remote learning environment to make your classroom as normal as it possibly can be, that's where you should start. And so if you think about what most kids do on a normal school day, the first thing that happens is they walk into class and usually the teacher has a great big smile on their face and they say, you know, at the lower grades, especially, hello, friends, and in the, the upper grades, they'll say, you know, hello, class, it's good to see you. And let's start with questions that you might have had on the homework or here's some things you guys are doing really well or not. And, and you use that to jumpstart a, a conversation. And I think that in e-learning here, we have to do the same thing. So you have a variety of ways that you can self-record and then put that video or put that audio out on a website or your learning management system, uh, whatever you might have as normal for your situation. So let's go with some real easy ones. Let's go with some basics. So if you're, if you're trying to record yourself 
and have absolutely no idea where to start. Most teachers are familiar with how to record video on their phone. And what I've been recommending to teachers is, especially for those teachers that are low tech, if you've got some kind of a phone where you can set it up against something and essentially do a selfie recording of a video that says, hello class, here's your recording. Let me look at you. Let me look into the camera. Let me smile at you. Here's the, um, here's the lesson for today. And this is what you're going to do. And here are some of the, the road bumps that you might hit. Almost as if you were introducing your normal class. What I've been telling teachers to do is to record themselves on their phone and then to take that file and upload it to their Google Drive. Google Drive will then process that video so that it's, it's essentially then in YouTube format, which means any device in the world should be able to view it, whether it's on a phone or an iPad or a, a Chromebook, a laptop, a desktop, any device should be able to view a video that's being stored on Google Drive. Once the video is there and it's had a little bit of time to process, the teacher can right-click on that video, hit Get Shareable Link, and then paste that in an email out to students, out to parents. You can post that in a Google Classroom. You can post that on a, on a website, on a Google site, in a Remind text message, really in anything that you have a, a place to send out links. That would be my preferred way of sending out videos. It doesn't have to be anything complex. You simply do a self-record of a video, you upload it to Google, let it process, and hit Get Shareable Link. That right there is um, it's an easy way for teachers to stay in touch with some of their students. Now, for those teachers that are a bit more tech-savvy, you've got some options for online recording. If you are just looking for a video from your computer's webcam, if you're looking for a quick and easy uh, online video recorder, I highly recommend 123apps.com. And if you go there, you'll see that there's a sound recorder and there's a video recorder. And the teacher can, in the same way, video record themselves using their computer's webcam. And when they're done recording, they can simply download it and link it to a website, save it to their Google Drive, link it, whatever you have to do from there. Uh, that works on Chromebooks, it works on desktops, it works on laptops. iOS devices, again, I would use the built-in um, built camera that's, that's delivered from Apple. If you'd like a step above that, there are a wide variety of tools that are out there that will record your screen and record you at the same time. My favorite tool for doing this is called Screencastify. It's a Google Chrome extension. You can get it from the Chrome Web Store. Just punch in Screencastify. Uh, the free version is, is plenty for most teachers. It does have a limit of five minutes on the free version, uh, where, again, you're recording your desktop and you're speaking into the camera. You can even turn on your webcam and run kind of a little picture-in-picture. Picture. Most teachers will be okay with that five minutes. Now, if you're not, if you say, Pete, I've got seven minutes of video to record, my suggestion to you is to break it into two smaller videos because after five minutes, you're starting to lose students anyway. It's just like you'd be in the classroom. Most teachers cannot talk for a straight class period and expect the class to really be with them. They're going to zone out. They're going to focus on other things. They're going to listen to anything else in the room that might be a distraction. So my advice to you is to keep those videos as short as you possibly can. 
when you're done with the video recording, you can assemble them in a Google site. You can put a different one on every page, but this is a tool that I highly recommend, e-learning or not, this is a great way to communicate with students if you can't be there. If you need to attend a professional development session or if there's a substitute teacher in your classroom for any reason, staff meeting, IEP meeting, any reason, it's really nice to have the sub play a video of you giving the directions. That way it's not the substitute teacher reading off a piece of paper and it may or may not be interpreted correctly and the, uh, this, the students can then use that as an excuse to not get all their work done. My suggestion to you is get really familiar, number one, with uh, your face and your voice being on camera. A lot of teachers for some reason are shy even though they're in front of their students every single day. But on top of that, you really get used to recording yourself and your your instructions so that students can play them back. They can listen in again and uh, and have a virtual teacher almost at the ready. So that's the first question that we've really been dealing with over the past few days is how can I record voice or video for students and get that in their hands? On an iPad, you've got the built-in screen recording feature. There are a bunch of Apple uh, tutorials on this. If you go to the control center, you can turn on screen recording and um, it simply saves whatever you, you narrate on your screen over to the camera roll, which again can be forwarded over to Google Drive and posted on a website, things of that nature. So hopefully that gives you some ideas and some tips on how to record yourself for interacting virtually with students. Now, the second question that we've been getting quite a bit is how can I interact with my students using text? So where we're typing back and forth, it's not necessarily live video back and forth, but using text back and forth. Um, there are a number of tools that you can use for this. Again, if you're a low tech teacher, where technology is not really your thing and you just want something that's simple and easy. I've seen many teachers make this work successfully in a Google Doc. You open up a Google Doc and you can type back and forth with a student. This really works best if there's one and only one student though. If you have multiple students all in the same Google Doc, then it can get messy. So my recommendation to you in terms of um, in terms of interacting, if you're looking for a quick private place to talk with a student where the rest of the class cannot see it, a Google Doc sometimes is just fine. It's easy. It's recognizable for students all the way down to first grade in many cases. They've been doing Google Docs for a long time now. So the interface will be familiar to them and they should have no problems interacting with you in that environment. The other tool that you can use for this, which I really like a lot, is called Back Channel Chat. Com. We used to have something called Today's Meet, and it was a fabulous tool for many years. And uh, some time ago, the original developer decided to take it offline, which is unfortunate because it was a really simple and solid educational tool. But Backchannel Chat has a, a really nice free version. Most teachers that I work with don't feel it necessary to, to upgrade to the premium edition of that. They, uh, they are free with the free version. So what it is, you go to backchannelchat.com, you click Try Me as a Teacher, and it'll ask you for your name, your professional name, and then your email address. And what you do from there is it gives you essentially a chat room. Uh, if you remember the old chat rooms of, <laughs> of AOL and um, the, the original 
experience with that. This is very close to it, but there's there's some nice modern features where you can see a, a quick transcript of the entire session. You can uh, block or mute students if they're becoming obnoxious. You c- there's a built-in profanity filter that'll catch basic words that are <laughs> typed by students that should not be typed by students. It's a really for a completely free solution. It's really nice, and so if you want to interact through text, that would be a recommendation. If you're trying to do that live, backchannelchat.com, uh, Google Docs is another option. There's plenty of other options too, but those are two I've been recommending to teachers. If you'd like to interact virtually with students in real time, then you have some other options for that. Obviously, Google Hangouts is huge right now. Uh, that's something where if you're a, a Google school and every student has an account and Hangouts are turned on, everyone simply goes to hangouts.google.com. The teacher makes a voice call, can invite the entire class. You can also do that from within Google Calendar, which is really nice. And if you've never done that before, we'll put in the show notes here uh, our video tutorials on how to set up a Google Hangout. It's really quite easy. It's really quite simple. You have other options out there too. Uh, Zoom is one of them. Z-O-O-M is an option for live video conferencing. Again, there's a free edition of that that most teachers find perfectly acceptable for use in their classrooms. And it's another one that we've been recommending to schools, uh, Zoom and Google Hangouts. Now, maybe you want to interact virtually with students, but you don't necessarily need to do it live. I think in that situation, Flipgrid would be an excellent alternative where the teacher can start off a video prompt. Uh, It's all recorded within Flipgrid, so there's no need for an external video recorder of any kind, and then students can in turn post replies. Now with something like that, you have to make the choice. Do you want students to be able to see each other's replies? Do you want students to be able to interact with each other for video conferencing? And I would suggest to you that even if you would normally have that feature turned off, you're not sure if your students are mature enough to use it, that kind of thing. I would suggest to you that because of the social distancing that we're all trying to follow here as, as per the recommendations of, of the powers that be, um, we don't want people to, be, to feel socially isolated. There's just no need for it today. And so if your students are interacting with other students, even if it's not 100% purely academic, even if there's a little, hey man, hope you're well, hope you're okay in there, you know, little side jokes, things like that, they're still interacting with other people. And that's so important, I, th- I think, when we look at our job as teachers and educators, uh, making sure that students interact with other people is vitally important. So Flipgrid, I think, does an excellent job of helping with that. And again, this is a completely free tool. It's offered to you free by Microsoft. I think that's a great way to interact with students virtually, um, asynchronously, meaning not in real time, but, uh, but you're still doing video chats back and forth with each other. The last question that I've been fielding quite a bit over the last couple of days is assignment turn-ins. Now, a lot of times teachers will ask for an assignment through Google Classroom. Uh, and if you're used to Google Classroom, I'm not going to go over that here. That's certainly an option for you. On iPads, we've got things like Shobi is an excellent option. A shout out to my Shobi team. Uh, they, they have a really nice product that works really well with iPads. You can use Google Classroom, though, on, on iPads as well. So my guess is that if you're listening to this, that your school has figured out something for uh, turning in assignments. I will suggest to you that it's important to be flexible during this time. 
So if you would normally collect a math assignment on paper, and I was a math teacher for many years, guys. I collected a lot of math assignments on paper. I would suggest to you have students turn in a picture. And especially with Chromebooks, pictures can be a, a tricky thing. With iOS, we have that really nice, easy built-in camera. You can snap it, you can email it, and off it goes. Chromebooks sometimes can be trickier. And so my suggestion to teachers when we're talking about turn-in is if you're having students turn something in that they hand wrote, is to punch open Google Docs, again, because they're familiar with it. We're, we're not trying to use a whole lot of tools here that students would not be familiar with. My suggestion would be to insert an image from the camera and have them hold up their assignment to the camera and snap it. Now, teacher to teacher, it may not be of high quality. It may be a pain in the neck for you to grade that, but maybe this is one of those times where we look more at participation and our students giving a, a real attempt at it rather than, eh, did they really show all their work every step of the way? Now's not really the time for that, all right? But if students can get things turned into you through something as simple as a Google Doc, I think that's a win for everyone involved. So those are our topics for today. We're talking about students and teachers interacting with each other through video that's either asynchronous or synchronous. We're talking about students interacting with teachers through text, be that in a Google Doc or something like a back channel chat. And finally, we're talking about students and teachers interacting by just having the teacher putting out recordings of either video or voice, and there's a variety of tools to do that. Hopefully, this e-learning thing doesn't turn into the, the rest of the school year. If it does, well, then we've got some other choices to make. But next time, in the next episode of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about e-learning and what that means in an extended environment if we're doing this for weeks upon weeks upon weeks on end. A shout out to all my superhero teachers out there. Hang in there. We're in this together. We can do it. You can do it. I'll see you next time here on the EdTech Superheroes Podcast. The EdTech Superheroes Podcast is hosted by Pete Delaney. Introduction by Alex Forbes. Our music is by Mad Max on Audio Jungle. Our interns are Antonia Garza and Angela Herrera. This podcast is copyright Delaney Consulting Incorporated, all rights reserved.